0: DJPK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. Time to welcome in Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Bowler, good morning. David James, Patrick Kinahan, how are you? Excellent. Good. Bowler, I'm curious, how are you entertaining yourself these days?
1: Oh, um. You know, it's kind of like I've said before. Groundhog Day uh, does come and go. Um, I just try to stay busy, man, with little projects. I go to Home Depot a lot. Uh, I walk around there and just—I like it. It's like a candy store for me. But I don't—maybe I don't buy anything. I just look. Kind of weird, isn't it? To be honest.
0: <laughs> just walking on Home Depot. If you need I'll bowler, check Home Depot. He's yeah, just yeah, Strolling the through nine. the light fixtures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> aisle nine. Yeah, aisle nine. I was thinking about you and PK uh, with Eddie Van Halen's passing. PK, uh, uh, that was that was that's top. That's bummer. That's that's a legend there.
2: Yeah, it really is, man. You know that was one of the groups that the American groups that really took off and just exploded. And they were Southern California, and I'm living in Phoenix, which is basically a suburb of Cal- Southern California, and uh, really resonated with the sound at the time and then to see at 65 that life is over and uh, you know really puts it into perspective if you needed it that you need to take advantage of whatever's out there we have so much acrimony and so much strife going on in the country and in the world and in the end what does it matter
1: yeah no great point you got to live i know it's uh Kind of a you know philosophy of living every day, but it's true. You know what, DJ? I did. I actually put. I, I sat in my office and listened to Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen solos uh, on YouTube for probably two hours. When he uh, what two days ago, I guess that's a sad way to entertain yourself. But man, the guy could play. So I uh, had to pay my respects that way. Yeah,
2: and I know personally. For me, years ago, I was hot for teacher. <laughs>
1: Uh, we all have stories, don't we?
2: Absolutely. I went so far as to marry one.
1: <laughs> That's right, you did. You did. You 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 took it to the yeah, you took it uh, to that ultimate level of marriage. I got to be honest though, in that 3rd, 4th and 5th grade range, my teachers were tough and they may have been I'd say I, I think You know, their names alone, Mrs. Keller and Mrs. Stitt. I don't know why I remember those two ladies, but they were tough. And their names, if you can imagine what you think they look like, it's it's exactly, their names fit that. They were tough, scary women. Um, But, again, had the one thing in mind, and that was to be, uh, they they taught us. Uh, But I remember one walked around with a ruler just in case, you know, so... Yeah. I wasn't too hot for those teachers, is my point. No, I was not.
2: Oh, man. All right. Too so, so hot for teacher. Did you know that? Wait a second. Did you know that Mary Kay Latorno uh, is a proud graduate of Arizona State?
1: I did not. Which yeah. is your alma mater. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Infamous grad. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. I, so, I, the, 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 <laughs> so
0: Bowler, as yes. a proud gr- graduate of Kansas State. Yes, yes. And because we are surrounded by people here who uh, would like to see the Pac-12. Well, the Cougar fans would like to see the Pac-12 do another pratfall, probably. But the Ute fans would like to see the Pac-12 get a team in the playoff, and they are noticing The losses piling up in the Big 12, thinking, well, those guys might not need a playoff berth. I know Oklahoma State's still undefeated. Um, What is wrong with Big 12 football? How has this happened? How did they lose games? How did schools lose to Sunbelt Conference opponents and then turn around and win conference games and wreck the conference?
1: I wish I knew. Uh, I tell you, the K-State win over Oklahoma was incredible a week after uh, the Sun Belt loss. And now this week, TCU for the Wildcats. It's that in-conference fighting or battles that usually occur. And one upset can just spoil the the whole thing. So, yeah, Oklahoma has had a tough stretch. Texas as well. And I'm thinking about Pac-12 football and what that's going to bring with six games. And, you know, this season is just, it's so unpredictable of what's happened. Uh, I don't know how, you know, where the mindset is for a lot of teams and how much preparation has gone into it. I mean, with Witt, I'm sure the, the Utes are ready to go against Arizona, Um I know PK's got uh, the Sun Devils on his list uh, What right around Thanksgiving. But, you know, six games. I, my, my question is, I don't know what happens if an ish, a, a situation arises uh, like it has in the National Football League um, that they, they don't have a week to pad if there's a COVID outbreak. I mean, it's six straight weeks right before uh, the playoffs – or the playoff, and so I don't know how that's going to work if there's a hiccup along the way. I guess they'll have to deal with it if it comes about. But I know the SEC didn't they mention they were going to do some heavy fines? Uh, the NFL got pretty tough with a few coaches in that first couple of weeks, but the SEC said they would be very, very tough on COVID as well uh, about the masks and uh, fans as well. So the whole thing, you know, is just intriguing to watch and you know, not, not in a alleged bubble like the NBA has been, uh, trying to work it with some fans in the stands, uh, especially in the NFL, and, and uh, without a week off in the Pac-12. Uh, I think, I guess for me, is that each conference has been left to kind of handle it the best way they can, and so uh, we'll see how it works out. I'm glad to see Utah and BYU and Utah State playing football, and we'll just see how it works out. Uh, but there's a long way to go before uh, December.
2: Is this a little back to the future with you? You know, you were involved with BYU broadcasting their games for many years, and we used to hear, "Yeah, well, just how good are they? They're beating the, you know what, out of these teams. And here yeah. we are 20, 30 years later, yeah just how good are this is this team they're beating the crap out of these teams i really don't know you find that sort of uh coming full circle
1: yeah i get asked that a lot how good was that uh 85 86 you know i was there for 10 years I i came in and started calling byu after their national championship year of 84 and detmer's heisman run was just unbelievable they had you know, they had a lot of weapons, and I, I've, I've always thought the tight end was a huge part of Lavelle Edwards' kind of secret plan of just the, the weapons that he had, but he always used the tight end to his advantage. I will say, man, watching BYU, PK, I'm, I'm impressed with Zach, Zach Wilson. Uh, the guy's got arm. He seems to really read defenses. Um, he, he makes good decisions. He's athletic. He's healthy. Uh, for the first time in a long time, and I've been impressed. But here you go. But you wonder truly uh, with just the competition level how good they are. Maybe the Boise State game uh, will give us some, some answers. But from what I've seen so far, um, I've been pretty impressed, especially uh, with the quarterbacking of one Zach Wilson. What did he missed last week? Was he 24 at 26? I mean, I don't care who you're playing against. You know, a couple of missed throws is not easy to do in the course of any college football game. But yeah, I've been impressed uh, with with the way he's uh, you know sharing the ball, throwing the ball around, and getting a lot of guys involved. But again, PK, to answer your question, I, I again I think you have to have a higher level of competition uh, and to see exactly just how good this team is. I know BYU fans are pumped, excited, and feel like. They, they're deserving of a high ranking uh, right now in the college top 25.
0: Craig Bolajak joining us, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. So as you watch the uh, the football play out and all the craziness uh, at the NFL and college, college level with games being um, postponed or canceled, right. and then you try to apply that to the next NBA season, whenever that might start, we don't know for sure yet, Um You know, baseball was able to play doubleheaders and and make up some, but not all of the games. Do you think the NBA is going to be able to kind of pull something like this off? There doesn't seem to be any desire to go back to the bubble.
1: No. You know, I heard Donovan mention, you know, they'll do what they have to do. And I've heard, you know, again, these are all just potential uh, scenarios of five regional bubbles. I don't know if the Players Association guys would go for that. I mean, again, it's it's a matter of pay. It's a matter of uh, television money, which is, you know, in the millions and billions of dollars. So, you know, I don't know what the NBA will do. How, you know, I know Adam Silver, and you guys know this, he's mentioned he wants the full 82 game slate. But how do you build in, um, you know, when you, and again, I'm going back to two years ago when the big issue came about uh, fatigue, rest, uh, you know, nights off. Uh, players that would be scratched, uh, and and you know, again, the networks didn't really um, have much of a heyday with that when you had a, a nationally televised game, and all of a sudden you'd see, you know, LeBron James taking, you know, uh, some some rest, uh, an off day. So I don't know how you would do it. 82 games—that's a lot in the first place. And do you build it longer? But you have the Olympics to think about uh, this summer uh, in 21. So I don't know how they're going to do it in case there is uh, some sort of a COVID flare up. Uh, And, you know, probably pockets are going to continue for a while. And so that's going to be a real big issue, I think. And I think the Pac-12 is going to face it too with their college football season, trying to squeeze six games in a very short window uh, and I'd be surprised if that doesn't become an issue on uh, who gets into the playoff or who doesn't. I don't know if there's a rule of thumb. If you miss miss one game, you're still eligible. I'm not sure how that works, but I still think the NBA has a long way to go on trying to get an 82-game schedule uh, completed, um, You know, starting most likely. Again, don't know, but January looks to be the, the hopeful starting date with fans. Not a full-packed house, but with some semblance of, Four or five thousand fans and stands if they can do that with separation obviously uh, and I'm not sure what the mask issue would be not sure what the entrance rules would be but it's 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 gonna be a task no doubt
2: you know they talked about with the scheduling uh, the games in the beginning of the bubble were way exciting and you had heard about well you know is there a way to minimize travel even more? and you, know, you only make uh, one trip to Texas or whatever it might be. Right. Have you heard anything that, at least for the short term, some things that could be considered completely out of the box that they could actually do to pull off a season in an 82-game fashion that maybe won't really look like anything necessarily that we've seen over the years?
1: BK, I think what you just said may be the ticket, to be honest. I've heard... Uh, again there's been so many thoughts and what ifs and what could be uh, that you don't know what direction but I do know and I think we've seen this right with Adam silver that he does think out of the box he, he had to to pull off the orlando bubble for these last three months which is still an incredible accomplishment in, in my opinion I thought the bubble would pop but they they worked through it you know and here we are you know, on the verge of crowning a champion uh, after three-plus months uh, in in the bubble. But, you know, I've heard kind of that same pod theory, as you just mentioned, not in a bubble per se, but if you're going to go to Texas, right, why not play the Spurs? Why not play the Mavericks? Why not play the Rockets? And actually, if you think about it, could you not play them in a mini series or could you play the Rockets on a back-to-back and then make a travel with a rest day to Dallas, make a short flight then, San Antonio. I mean, I don't know, but I think those are great ideas. And I think those are outside-the-box thoughts, outside-the-box thoughts that I think Adam Silver is going to listen to. Uh, If you you go to California, up and down the coast you go, instead of going to California and playing the Lakers – and then going over to Denver and then making a flight out to Dallas, I think it makes sense that you limit travel and you kind of stay and stay put in one locale and try to get a series of games done. That's, that's really maybe, uh, maybe the, the direction they may go. But I, I think it's intriguing, don't you? I really do. I think it's, it's smart, and like you said, it limits travel. And probably, as we've seen in the bubble, no travel, less fatigue and that's always been an issue during the course of 82 games.
0: Bowler, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on, and we'll see how the, all this uh, plays out down the line.
1: All right, guys. Appreciate you. See you soon.
0: All right, back to uh, YouTube for two more hours, Bowler. He, he's gone. Two hours, PK. Could you do it? Do uh, what? Two hours on YouTube. Van Halen.
2: Oh, Van Halen.
0: Yeah, that's what he says. Because I, I spend about
2: okay. Because I spend about three three and a half hours a day on my golf swing on YouTube. So uh, sure, uh, I do that. I just will call in, uh, call up uh, a, a band, and you know you can get concert clips. Uh-huh. So I don't know that I've done it for too straight, but sitting there watching another mindless uh, evening of sports that, you know, not the Jazz or BYU, Utah, Utah State, but just stuff that I have on every night to, to try to pay attention to what's going on. Sure, I do that to an extent, and I could do that. I don't know that I could do it every day, uh, which is, man, I'm, I'm just so grateful for this job that we have, that whatever my troubles are, man, come come time when Yock says, we're up, all those troubles seem to go away.
0: DJ and PK, when we come back, all the stuff you've missed over the course of this morning's show. Coming up next, stay with us.
3: Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go. We'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network.
0: No balls, no strikes. And Tatis with a fly ball to center field.
3: And deep. Bellinger going back to the wall. He leaps and makes a spectacular catch.
1: Cody Bellinger robs Tatis of a two-run home run. His glove was six or seven inches over the yellow line and straightaway center. A
3: spectacular catch.
0: Cody Bellinger taking a home run away from the Padres. Fernando Tatis Jr., a two-run shot in a one-run game. Although it came earlier in the game, who knows what would have happened. But it was sixth inning, I think. Dodgers... Win 6-5, had their problems in the ninth. They were up 6-3, and they gave up two runs, and the Padres had the bases loaded. But the Dodgers got out of it. Will the bullpen, specifically the closer, be the Achilles heel that sinks the Dodgers short of the goal line and the World Series trophy one more time?
2: Yeah, it very well can be. And Dave Roberts, I already saw this morning story out where he's thinking, rethinking the role of the closer with Jansen. I spoke earlier this morning. The Dodgers seem like they've improved their ball club in many different areas, but they really haven't made much change there. And Joe Kelly, just a couple of years ago, was being booed out of the stadium, and he's known for making baby faces at the Astros. And, he got, and I like what he did, though. I don't necessarily think he did it on purpose, but he walks Tatis and Machado. I think under the circumstances, Tatiste, Machado, Hosmer, I'm taking my chances. Now, Hosmer hit the ball well. He just hit it right at the second baseman. I think that uh, Taylor's the second baseman. So uh, they got out of it, but they were fortunate. And, you know, I was in the car. That was Steiner. And I was, I was watching the game, but I had to make a quick run up to the school to pick up my kid at 9-plus at o'clock at night. And so um, – I'm listening to Steiner and Rick Monday. it has got Rick Monday. I mean, he's got to be well into his seventies, uh, calling the game, and they both decided that if the Dodgers win the World Series, that play was the play that was the catalyst.
0: Well, that's pretty hard on Larry the Laker because I see him just lighting Cody Bellinger up all the time. He's got a hole in his swing, and he's uh, sure. But that was defensively. Yeah, I know. I mm-hmm. know. But still, this guy who shouldn't be on the team, who could wreck everything. Oh, get out. He, he was the MVP. I know. I, Larry hates him, though. When, when well, Larry may comes be a on overrated. to celebrate the NBA title next week, we probably have to have Larry on. He'll probably... Oh, we'll have to, we'll have to hit him happen. up on that. I mean, he just crushes this guy. You're
2: calling it, huh? Yeah. Lakers going to win the NBA title.
0: Yeah, 3-1. I think we all know <laughs> it's pretty much a foregone conclusion, PK. Uh, a
2: 4 games-to-one conclusion. I I like what you did. That
0: would be weird, four straight series, that they win in four games-to-one.
2: Well, you know, is that what Moses Malone said? Fall one, fall one, fall one? That is not what Moses said. Moses (laughs) is
0: talking sweep!
2: (laughs) Sweep, sweep, sweep! Actually, I think it's uh, two things. When I go into a a season prediction, I never pick undefeated, nor do I ever pick a sweep of 4-0. You you get a 2-0 or a 3-0, and that's what baseball's had. But expecting a 4-0 sweep, I think that just about in any sport, that's very difficult to accomplish. And we've seen the Lakers that they didn't accomplish and I obviously, I think they're going to win the title, too. But we're going to see that in none of these series, they were actually able to sweep. And in in the uh, end result, it doesn't matter a lick. You know, it's first team to 16, so if you don't sweep, who cares? But they couldn't do it. It just... It indicates how hard it is to do in any type of series at whatever level you're playing. So
0: we spent a little time earlier this morning talking about your viewing options tonight. There is a lot going on. Uh, college football, BYU. The, if you rank BYU's toughest game, I think you know Boise State's the game that can get them the most credibility. Boise State's got the best brand name. And then right I'm, now, right, right. And on the next tier is San Diego State and Houston. Now, none of those three teams have played a game yet. So regardless of what they've been over the last decade, who knows what they'll be in any one given year, right? Houston had a 13-1 season, surrounded by a bunch of 8-9 and nine win seasons, but they went 4-8 and eight last year. right? Every game they've had this year has been canceled. They've had multiple games wiped out because the other team couldn't play because of coronavirus testing. Tonight, Houston's trying to kick off the season – Again, uh, University of Houston plays Tulane at 5:30. This will be their first game, and then Houston's second game would be BYU next Friday. So, if you're a Cougar fan, you got that for one option. You got an NFL game with uh, Brady and Tampa Bay playing the Chicago Bears. Both teams are three and one. And you got two prime, there's four baseball games. They're all on TV from, it'll go from noon until 10 or 11. Uh, but the primetime games are obviously going to be the Yankees and Dodgers. Tampa Bay's trying to finish off the Yankees. They're up 2 to 1 after winning. That's on TBS at 5 o'clock. Padres are down 2 0 to the Dodgers. Dodgers going for the sweep on Major League Baseball Network at 7. Of the four, the one that intrigues you the most and the one that intrigues you the least, PK?
2: Well, it's Houston. Uh, Houston and, and Tulane right now i'm all about byu not their opponent because if they play the way they're capable of playing they're going to win and it doesn't matter the opponent now when i say doesn't matter the opponent i mean doesn't matter the opponent on their schedule i'm not saying alabama or Ohio state so when i say it doesn't matter the opponent i'm talking about their opponents that are scheduled right now and i see what you did there by the way, and I thought it was an excellent way of asking Mark Harlan, is there any way if these uh, Pac-12 programs can't play a game that BYU can slide in there in November? I mean, that the way I took it, that's essentially what, what the question was that you were asking, Mark. But I figured there was a better
0: state. chance he'd answer it if I didn't throw BYU in there and put all no, the emotion in the cauldron and stir it up.
2: But it, and right. if they could get, if a uh,
0: Pac-12 team... it could be any of those teams. Yeah, if a Pac-12 team could get somebody else... Great. I don't know who else they could get. It would probably come down. Well, oh, the Cougars. Yeah, right. Yes, it's the Cougars. And he's he's They've right. Got the that dates if, open and yeah. If you find out on a Thursday, that's not enough time to prep for the game. It wouldn't happen. It'd have to be a case of where you lose an opponent eight to ten days out because they have widespread positive yeah. tests. You know. No,
2: we understand. Yeah. No, no. I thought that uh, that was the way to question because it's not exclusively BYU Utah. It is. It could, it be, could be BYU, ASU. Yeah. Well, well you, BYU, ASU, yeah, BYU, the other USC. 11 schools. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was an appropriate question under the circumstances, and uh, I hope it doesn't come to that because I hope they play all of their seven games and and then let the chips fall where they may and go from there, and we'll see if that can happen. So that would be my least favorite or most uh, interesting, however you want to phrase it. Uh, Padres, Dodgers, uh, probably at the top, but Tom Brady, man. Tom Brady, you know, you don't say anything more. He's a generational name, Tom Brady. And he, when it's said and done, is going to be the most famous recognizable NFL football name. Uh, Tom Brady, and I think that it's before our eyes, so maybe we don't see it, but in my mind, Tom Brady... He's approaching, like, Babe Ruth status. You know, Babe Ruth. Everybody knew Babe Ruth, you know, even if you didn't follow the game. Babe Ruth. Oh, sure, yeah. I know Babe Ruth. I mean, like, the least baseball fan out there. Babe Ruth? Tom Brady? Yeah. So how do you not watch Tom Brady to one extent or another? And and is Mike Evans, uh, is he going to get in a fight on this particular play? And what's Gronkowski going to do? O.J. Howard. I mean, they got so many weapons to be able to. To do out there and to see see what's going on in their game, so all that stuff to me is 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 exciting. And then you just be flipping around the Yankee demise. I sort of miss you know the passing of George Steinbrenner because there's going to be no explosion,
0: and, <laughs> right? You, you know, know I it's think entertainment. On, yeah, I think on the Brady thing, I think the best comparison is Jordan. You know, for a generation of basketball fans who come along now, they can argue is LeBron better than MJ. Listen, I'm not here to demean anything LeBron has accomplished. All these trips to the finals and now looking like his fourth title, but to go to the finals nine times in ten years, this is an awesome run, but it's not MJ. And in 20 years, there's going to be a quarterback who's awesome, but it's not going to be Brady. It's not gonna be Brady awesome. It's not gonna be to that level of awesome. And I think you could be, you know, 25 or 30 now. So you were what, five or ten when Jordan won his last title? You know, and so you could make the argument because you didn't live through MJ's dominance and how just impossible it was to beat the guy. And I think you get 20 years out and you're going to be having to make the same kind of argument to the next generation of sports fans about,
2: yeah, this guy is spectacular. (laughs) Man, you should have seen Brady. That's why I think Brady supersedes Jordan, because there is that argument, and it's regional. There's still people in Boston who are going to go to their grave thinking Bird, and sure, he didn't win as many titles because he had to get through way more difficult competition. And, and then you travel 3,000-plus miles west. Come on, man. Magic and Kareem, what are you talking about, man? Nobody played the game like that. But Brady stands alone like Babe Ruth. And it is just a dominant name. Basketball, guys cancel each other out. Because, you, you know, I would go with Jordan, too. But you can make a strong, strong argument for LeBron. I've got no problem. Somebody wants to go LeBron as the greatest I can't argue that, man. I just the guy the guy's unbelievable, and it and he's been unbelievable for such a long time that it's it's just absolutely amazing. But Brady Brady stands alone. Can anybody make an argument from for anybody else besides Brady?
0: No, I've told you I before that that the championship level, you know, that there is a. And again, back to your point about regional and generational. You know, there are a group of people who always put put Montana on the highest pedestal. And there are people who put Elway on the highest pedestal. And those guys won at a freakish level. And yet, Brady won as many Super Bowls as Montana and Elway combined. He's been to as many Super Bowls as Montana and Elway combined. And Montana and Elway, those guys won at a freakish level. So to be the guy who won it... As much as those two combined, it's off the charts. It is off the charts.
2: It reminds me, the Niners, though, of uh, some of these great teams. Like we talked about the Cincinnati Reds earlier. Who's the best player on that team? Well, I got five choices. All right, yeah. Well, so much talent. On the, on, the, on the Niners, who's the best player on that team? I got multiple choices. Yeah,
0: Ronnie Lott, an awesome career. Jerry Rice is hands down the best wide receiver ever. And what about Montana? (laughs) Exactly.
2: And with the Patriots, nobody else comes to mind.
0: No, it's Brady. Well, you know, that always comes down to it's Brady and Belichick. It's Brady and Belichick.
2: Mm -hmm. Who deserves the credit? It's funny how Belichick gets all the credit, deservedly so. Phil Jackson, he just rolled out the balls because he had all the talent. Belichick, oh my gosh, he's all that. Phil Jackson, he just roll out the balls. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it.
0: Phil had the best players. Well, of course you do. That's how you win as a coach. <laughs> Nobody wins with the worst players.
2: <laughs> and I'm not downgrading what Belichick's doing. I'm actually just, in my mind, I'm elevating what Phil Jackson did. Because, man, the egos that must have been involved. And eventually it crashed. It crashed and burned. Yeah. And left stuff on the table. But
0: to rebuild it a second time with Kobe and to get the three titles out of Shaq and Kobe when they obviously had such huge problems.
2: Yeah, and the funny thing about it, as you watch the stuff about that, uh, basically no one was upset that it was over. Talk to you how toxic it must have been. Yeah, really, right? Where. They they were actually to the point of being relieved that it was over.
0: I'll take a new set of problems, thank you. Next.
2: <laughs> yes. Can't be worse than these. I don't know what these will be, but those over there, they sucked, and I was sick of it. Done with that. <laughs> I know. Crazy. You were three-peating. How bad could it have been? I know. It's it's amazing to me. You you achieved the ultimate prize, but yet you still weren't happy. You're making all sorts of money, and you still were griping. It's, it's crazy to think of.
0: An awesome dynasty, and yet a dynasty that was only half of what it could have, would have, should have been. That's Most weird. Most likely, yeah. We'll <laughs> never know. We'll yeah, right. That. We won't. I agree. But uh, watching Shaq win a title in 2006 and Kobe winning in 2009 and 10, you're like, how did you guys not get more? You still clearly had a lot in the tank because I saw what you did when you went to your next team. Or in the case of Kobe, when your team got rebuilt. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, anything else you'd like to mention? Anything else uh, we've discussed in this show? Any highlights from Mark Harlan you want to pass along? If you didn't hear Mark Harlan, it's up at 1280thezone.com.
2: I, I I mean I think he knows that uh, he's in a good spot. They've got a good thing going on when this stadium is done. This program has the opportunity to really set itself up to be and it's already been consistent to a good degree, but I'm talking like a 10 15 year run.
0: Yeah, see that all that all depends football. That all depends then on the next hire unless unless you're wrong it. about Kyle or maybe you were right but Kyle just changes his mind because Kyle's a really big piece of, I mean he's a, we have seen now we know head coaches they getting paid all that money because they are a really big piece of the puzzle they're not the only piece of the puzzle but they are a very large part of the puzzle
2: and, well particularly in college football yeah yeah I can argue and, that they're more important than uh, the uh, NFL, I, I I would be hesitant to argue that, but I could argue right. it. I, I understand that, but if you've got sound management, and Harlan seems to have a clue of what he's doing, and has been around and has made a number of contacts, and yeah, it, it, the possibility is there. Kyle's got a few more years. I mean, there's still a lot left in the tank. He's you know he's got his plans for, and he'll announce them in the due time when he wants to announce them. But he's still got a lot left in the tank and the desire is still strong, and the program is in a great spot. And then the longer he goes being successful, I think the easier it is to make the transition and maintain a level of success going forward. Because if he strings together, say, let's just say five years for the sake of round number, you put that out there, okay, you're getting to that point, you're getting to like eight, nine years of excellence, Mm -hmm. so... It would be easier to maintain it because the job is much better. You don't have to rebuild it.
3: DJ
0: and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your feedback coming up next.
3: And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott.
0: Preseason media poll came out today for the Pac-12 in the South. USC, Arizona State, Utah, UCLA, Colorado, Arizona.
1: I don't know who's going to complain that much about Utah being behind ASU. I think it's close. What a compliment it is to the Utah football program that they can lose the talent they lost off of last year's
0: team. It's not like they're being disrespected. Except UCLA, Colorado, and Arizona are a disaster. But I understand what you're saying because Utah's to the point now they can have a young team where they're replacing a lot of really good players and still remain in the hunt for the division.
3: The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Yak, have you seen the gif I'm looking at right now? Do you know what's coming? Uh, no. Oh my gosh. What do we got coming? So PK, Mould, you had multiple questions last night up on uh, Facebook and one of them Oh, man. Oh, one of them was about uh, early kickoffs. Um, yeah. And so we've got a lot of feedback on that this morning. Um Rhino says, if you've been around long enough, uh, this is not much different than when the rebuild of Utah football started. Lots of early kicks in the 80s and 90s. I'm just glad to have viewed football. I think noon Me was too. the earliest they went in the 80s and 90s. It seemed That's like, what I thought. Yeah. When we moved here, it was kind of 7 o'clock early in the season, and then noon uh, once it got colder in October and November.
2: Because they can control their own times then, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, in those days they could. Um." Connor Connor says, Bowler must just be an older version of myself because if I wake up early enough, I always stop at Home Depot on my way into work just to walk around. Really? (laughs) I would never do that. (laughs) If I need something, I go to Home Depot, I get in, I get out. I don't find it that fascinating.
2: Oh, yeah. My Home Depot just reminds me of all my inadequacies.
0: <laughs> I but Probably the longest I ever spent was when we first moved to Utah, and I fig- had to figure out how sprinkler systems work, because where I grew up, nobody had them. <laughs> so I didn't know anything about them. <laughs> Standing there trying to figure out how all the Lego pieces go together. <laughs>
2: Forget it. With, with a big old what dumb I look on I my g- face. I- <laughs> I mean, I literally get a headache and feel nauseous. That's how incompetent uh, I am when it comes to that stuff. I'm so bad. It's I'm embarrassingly bad. I mean, I'm legitimately embarrassed to admit how bad I am.
0: Uh, we've had some people come on and... Uh and pump up the way uh, not only be it national people come on, not only the way uh, BYU is playing, but how good Zach Wilson is. We talked to Riley Jensen about that, and uh, he said he's NFL-bound whenever he decides. Yep. And I put out a yep. link to that and said, is BYU about to send another quarterback to the NFL? And there is a gif out the there. The yes. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think the answer is yes. And Riley definitely thinks that. And uh, we usually defer to Riley on all matters quarterback. And there is a GIF out there of a doll allegedly uh, throwing up, <laughs> and someone tweeted that uh, at Ute Hub, tweeted that back. I think that one. Me. I know what one you're talking about. I think it was from Team America: World Police. No, oh, is that it? The movie that came it, out. And years it years just <laughs> because it's a GIF, it just goes on and on. And on. That is horrific at Ute Hub.
2: Yeah, just a further example of how great this rivalry, rivalry
0: is. Rivalry is, right? Exactly. You wouldn't bother tweeting that if it didn't bug you. It only bugs you because it's such a rivalry.
2: Yeah, I don't see where Ute fans are upset that Steven Montez of Colorado is on Washington's practice squad. <laughs> uh, let's...
0: We got uh, Jovis here. Says, uh, "Hey, back in my Pee Wee football prime, morning games are always my best game. So bring them on." Maybe so. All right, we'll see if the Utes get one. Uh, Mark Harlan said it's not not set in stone, but there's a couple other uh, potential windows out there. We'll have to see which games yep. end up in those time slots, and of course, all of that will depend on how those first couple of games go. But that's a discussion for November and possibly December. We're out of time here, and Scott and Hans are coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow.